Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Local Listens, available on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, and our YouTube channel. This episode is going to be a little bit longer than some of our previous episodes. We wanted to start the season off right and bring on a big supporter of the local punk and metal scenes out here in Washington. She has insight on things happening at new venues, life in the scene, art projects, and her own music documentary in the works. As always, if other bands are mentioned throughout the episode, you can find links to them in the episode description. We also have some links for more information on some things talked about throughout the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Local Listens. I am Bailey of Bailey Ukulele. And I am Shane of Sanatorium Hill. And on this episode, we have... I am Death Metal Mama. Death Metal Mama, the original, the only... Death Metal Mama. <laughs> one and only. <laughs> so you are an artist that puts out some awesome artwork. You're a big supporter of the local like punk and metal scene. You got uh, some work you're doing with Cult Mead and helping with Punks in the Woods. And you're working on a film as well. Uh, am I missing anything here? Uh, I recently picked up upholstery and leather crafting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I try to stick to more traditional mediums, like hand sewing. I don't like to pick up as much technology as possible, keep it rooted on the earth. But yeah, I've been moving away from doing more visual arts and more towards crafts. I started with quilting and stuff. So um, I've been trying to pull in more like found art and it's more abstract and more decorative rather than imagery related. Okay. So you're not going to be making, like, a gigantic, like, Gorgoroth blanket or something like that? Well, I probably would. Actually, that's awesome. (laughs) But what I like to do, I like like to work with other artists, um, commission for some sort of art to put on T-shirts, and then I'd be able to sell that from my website, deathmetalmama.com. I haven't really done a whole lot with that yet, but the past year and a half or so, I've really just been meeting everyone in the music community out here. I haven't... I didn't meet anyone until uh, October 2019, actually. The Bomb Shelter show. Ah, yes. I was there. I, yeah, I did the I thing. Yeah. yeah. I was there as well. That is when I met you. Wow. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's when we just like went in the backyard and played for people that were like that's right. around that's right. the fire. And that was, <laughs> I walked outside uh, in between sets and Mystery Monkeys was randomly right. playing that house cat. the first cat. time we'd ever done house cat. No. Right. But it was the first time I'd ever recorded. I like walked out and I had my phone. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> At that <laughs> point, I started, I had started recording bands and that's what I had wanted to do when I was a kid going to shows. <laughs> so first punk show I've been to as an adult. I was like, I got my camera now. I have a camera. <laughs> it's going to be in everyone's face all the time. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's gonna... one of the things that I've been trying to set up at Colt Mead too because it's such a new space they just moved into this giant like I don't remember 5,000 or some ridiculous number square footage warehouse with these huge ceilings and giant floor space with no beams in the middle like you know, avoid the beams when you're moshing in a lot of the lower like smaller venues and stuff um this place it's dark though it's got so much potential for streaming but uh will is uh talking with this guy who does more like other visual aspects for stage 
and they're going to bring in new lighting and stuff like that. So that will probably help out the problems that we've been having. Um, we, the other people that I talked to about gathering video footage and stuff, we're going to try and work with the metery to make it as streamable, like stream friendly and videotapable as possible. That's an old word, videotape. <laughs> we don't videotape anymore. <laughs> but they have this huge loft space up above the sound area where we want to be able to hook up cameras and stuff and get overhead views of the mosh pit and the stage area and all that. But it's hard to get the cameras to focus at that distance with the fluctuating colored lights on the stage. Oh, so. yeah. And Will has the lights up on the balcony there as well that he's mm -hmm. using. So, yeah, yeah, focusing would kind of suck. We all tend to use varying gear, too. So John Malley has good, like, decent uh, hardware that he's using to record stuff. And he was at the show. Um, we had Rat King, Ryan, and Orator. And John was going to get up on the loft space and see about using different lenses. Uh, for He does a lot of photography, but he's been trying to get more into video recording stuff. So I think he shot an entire song in 4K of Rhine when people got into the mosh pit for the first time. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. We got to have our first mosh pit. That is awesome. I did see some pictures posted of that. It's uh, mm -hmm. the post covid uh mosh pit it took a while too and rat king played first and i love them so much but people it was like you could tell people are still kind of warming up to the idea like can we move in but also <laughs> people were still just starting to get into their cups so didn't want to splash all over the place <laughs> <laughs> but then in the second set it's like everyone was already sloshing so <laughs> Might as well mosh too. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. there's always that thing like, okay, I don't want to spill my drink, but also I already had somebody else's drink spilled on me, so what's the point? But I also don't want to be the person <laughs> to spill someone else's drink. Yeah. yeah right, right. Like, I'm I going to smell like out beer. Of the way of that, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they actually did end up tapping. Uh, I think two beer kegs. Uh, Brian is the meadery brewer, and they do only mead in that establishment. However, they buy kegs from other breweries locally. So, and just support locals. There you go. Yeah, if uh, anybody listening is in the, like, Olympia, Tacoma, or Seattle area and has not checked out Colton Mead, uh, that it's run by wonderful people. Yeah, wonderful people helping volunteer and work through everything. Um, they got great metal shows that are scheduled and coming up. Like, I'm not somebody who drinks, but every time I go there, I always get another like bottle and bring it home because Shannon mm -hmm. always enjoys it, and I have never heard anything bad about any of their meat. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty fantastic. They have this recurring drink. It's a session meat. A session is a lower alcohol content, so it's more like a table sipping beer sort of thing. You don't get ruined on it. Um, I think they keep it around 5% or so. I'm not sure. I'm bad at numbers. But they it, they call it immortal. And they just bring it back with a different base honey each time. So meat is um, honey. It's just fermented, like with yeasts and stuff. And so they started out with fireweed honey from the mountains. You can only really get it up in the mountains because it's like after a fire, uh 
the flowers that bloom are the fireweed, the first ones. So huh. the honeybees up in the mountains are the only ones that can actually get fireweed honey because otherwise it would be like intermixed with a whole bunch of other flowers and stuff. The one they have currently is orange blossom honey, <laughs> which tastes nothing like, uh, no, it's court. Uh, no, they have done orange blossom, but this one was a carrot blossom. That's it. orange carrots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, carrot blossom is a weird one. It's very earthy. Um, and you get to familiarize with different honey flavors in this area too. Like CJ, my husband is a mead brewer and we've been doing that since our early twenties. So getting around here, it's been interesting meeting up with other people who do home brewing, but then they're all actually starting their own breweries for professional purposes now. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. Cause when I first met Will, uh, we were working together and then he was like, Hey, I'm in a band can you help with audio? And uh, Will is the bassist of Siren's Rain, who mm-hmm. we had on in the first season of mm-hmm. this. So we'll link that episode. Um, and then when Cult got started, he was asking me to help set up the audio and stuff there, which that has already started to grow. It started with mm-hmm. just like a couple subs and some like kind of worn down main speakers and we're like all right we can get this to work and now like a couple weeks ago we went in there and just redid the entire thing again with all new house gear and those speakers are small but wow they got some power they're like five thousand watts or something like that that reminds me this show last night will didn't even see this happen because he was paying attention to the board but (laughs) One of those speakers, uh, the ones that stacked on top of the bottom level, it ended up walking itself off and tipped itself over under the weight of the bass last night. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So some uh, people in the crowd just had to go and pick up this whole speaker and set it back up. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty. That's sweet. how it should be. So. The first location Colt Mead was at was basically a hole in the wall closet, maybe a maybe 500 square feet or something. You could fit like 15 people in there. So the only shows they could have were um, modular electronic, um, like experimental sounds and stuff. So there's this thing in Tacoma called the Tacoma Noise Rodeo. I don't know if anyone that has listened to this podcast has ever heard of the Tacoma Noise Rodeo, but it's super weird. And they um, bring in three people with their modular gear and they each take turns making weird sounds. And then at the very end of it, all of them join up and they all play together. (laughs) Okay. So um, a thing in December of 2019. So they got as many people in there as they could possibly get. And the um, light bulbs were vibrating out of the sockets in the ceiling. It was... Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) I kind of wish I saw that. They started having them at the new location, too. And uh, the ceilings are a lot larger and there's less chance of um, light bulb hazards. (laughs) They hooked up a projector screen. Well, not a screen, but they've been like projecting video onto the back cement wall behind the stage. The person that programmed that made it so it's like in tune with the 
um, timing on the mods. So you can actually experience the music vibrationally if you're not a hearing person or visually now. I love that. Wow. That's really cool. (laughs) I really want to see that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. We all need, for those of you listening, you need to get your asses down there, it sounds like. Yeah, like yeah, you can follow Tacoma Noise Rodeo. Tacoma Noise Rodeo, I'm going to say it. All right. <laughs> They're on Facebook and you can follow. They have like ridiculous posters and stuff. Oh, so Chris um, had some t-shirt designs made. Um, he had me vectorize them to get them screen printed. I haven't seen them like the t-shirts yet, but he was paying neighborhood children to draw pictures. <laughs> like little sketchy doodles of a cowboy (laughs) that is great oh there was there was one noise artist that i've been trying to get back in contact with since we moved out here but they used to come through the wisco uh which is the bar i worked at in madison and they would do like these these noise sets that were also like interpretive kind of like it was a whole show where like they would get everything going and then they'd bring in like a ceiling fan and they'd just box it and like (laughs) get into a fight with the ceiling fan and like the pieces of that they would like rub on the microphone to make even weirder noises and then they would like throw shit at people in the crowd and it was just like the weirdest thing but I saw them for the first time, and they only had cassette tapes. And I went out and I bought a tape player just to listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> I was I just like, "All just right, had cool." To go and buy a tape player because it seems like that's coming around. I mean, it's easy to access. Oh yeah, recording right. purposes, but for sharing, people send me their music a lot. I had to go and find a tape player at Valley yeah. Village recently. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, amazingly, like, tape players are both, like, easy to find, but also slightly difficult to find. Yes, the problem we had, so CJ found it, but he popped it open, and there had been batteries left in it, and (laughs) so he's gonna see if he can fix it. (laughs) Yeah, um, for Sanatorium Hill, we have a tape player that we use to play samples um and the whole thought of that was while we were busking we could still play samples and stuff mm-hmm. and i had i think i bought like three before i got one that worked mm-hmm. and then uh i got the tape that's in it i'm pretty sure it's a doobie brothers tape that i just like keep recording over <laughs> and... <laughs> my mom would say that's blasphemy yeah <laughs> <laughs> My mom is is definitely uh, where I got my affinity for, uh, I would call myself a music nerd, but I'm not like a trivia person. My mom is a trivia-minded music nerd. (laughs) All the history, all the different bands and musicians and all that. And she's really the one who got me into um, alternative music um, with grunge when I was in third, fourth grade or so. Yeah. And that was like... Right before Kurt Cobain killed himself. Oh. Like, like months before. So that's, I was like just starting to get really into it. And it was like, oh, yeah, bad time to get into it. <laughs> but at the same time, Yakima, where I grew up, um, it's a very isolated location. We had four TV channels and like some, we had one rock radio station. And then I found out that there were a lot of local bands and they were playing like way better music 
And <laughs> so my mom would take me to the Folklife Festival in downtown Yakima. They have a park and they would set up a stage. And um, we had like Stonefly, I believe, was the one I remember the most. <laughs> but they would do compilation CDs. And then when I actually got to be a teenager, I got invited to go to an all ages club in Yakima called The Zone. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, hmm. There were some of my classmates were in a band. They're like, you should totally come. I was like, me? Really? Okay. <laughs> People are inviting me to something. <laughs> are they going to hurt me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Honestly, though, like growing up out in Wiley City, Yakima County, that was a decent question to ask. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's why I feel so uh, connected to the music community, because that's how I found out that there, I mean, people were like me. I mean, we would all listen to different music and stuff, and I would get exposed to all sorts of different genres and, you know, kind of find my way around. So I call myself death metal mama, but I listened to bluegrass. Like my dad was a bluegrass, bluegrass player. And my grandpa was a fiddler in the rodeo. And <laughs> wow, I listened to all sorts of stuff. I grew up with Patsy Cline and, you know, but there were punks and metalheads out there and they didn't really get what I was doing. And people thought I was a goth. I was like, you seem to be really uncomfortable with that. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I'll be goth. And <laughs> until I find something harder. <laughs> All right. But this band that invited me out to my first show was called Insecure. How fitting. And I still talk to um, some of those folks. And one of them ended up working in um, music production for like commercials and video and stuff like that. So he's like still working on it professionally and we communicate the most. But <laughs> the first time that I went to a show in Yakima again after we moved away was at Off the Record, which was actually for Record Store Day. And that was the last one that that record store even had. There is no more Off the Record in Yakima. They closed. Oh, and, wow. But my yeah. friends were playing. Um, my friend Eric Smestad is a very old friend of mine. We grew up going together at the zone and like going to parties and house shows and stuff. And he's still in basically every band in Yakima. <laughs> 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 How that guy? <laughs> so few musicians around. Everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, all right. Yeah, I met up with all the punks there and was walking around the record store and in the wrong genre even i ended up finding insecure cd someone had brought into the record <laughs> store so I, I picked that up <laughs> that's awesome again back when i was in madison there was a record store called earwax and nice. i don't know if they're still out wait no they actually closed a couple years ago mm -hmm. um but i remember walking in there for the first time and i was like okay i found a place i'm going to be a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> And I, I love record stores, man. Yeah, there's some feeling like you can go to a record store and be like, all right, yeah, this is a record store. But like the moment you go into like a certain record store, you're like, OK, I will definitely be back. Now. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I will befriend everybody who works here. <laughs> also, Thanks, they probably CJ's. know all the so shows. CJ, my husband's from Littleton, Colorado, like outside Denver. But I think out there, the record store that he took me to was black and reds and i went in with him we were on a road trip after he got in the military i took a 
Greyhound from Washington to meet him up in Texas. And then we just drove basically to Alaska and got married. <laughs> so in between oh, wow. there, we went to a lot of random places, met a lot <laughs> of random people. But this uh, record store, I believe, is where we picked up an ex-cops, um, the blue small record, like the seven inch. And ex-cops was... Uh, Brocky before Guar, oh. but I, yeah, I just recently got into a Guar like fan trading group on Facebook. <laughs> and it, someone auctioned one of those off. I was like, mm-hmm, I might just hoard this a little bit longer. <laughs> I have seen a couple of your posts in the last like couple weeks about Guar, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm gonna have that addiction again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually ended up leaving that group not too long after that, unfortunately, because there's like, I love Guar, but so they released this vinyl figure, like a collectible thing. I'm not into figurines and stuff, but people in the group were talking about it because it's new Guar merch, obviously. So someone had to make a post of a woman, like they made a woman's body, the subject of the whole conversation. And, uh, Basically, we're just body shaming her and talking about her as though she was a blow up doll. And, oh, uh, when do we get this figure? So I was like, I'm just going to bounce that, you know? Yeah. That's one of those weird things to go through in the music community as a woman. Um, I I do go by she, her. I have considered, like, I am more of a masculine presenting sort of woman, but I'm definitely a woman. I've thought about it, but it's it makes it hard because i used to be objectified more and in retaliation basically i feel like i have to be more like don't mess with me yeah <laughs> so i have to be more off-putting so people take me more seriously but only in certain communities and so when i find i'm just not working in a certain crew it's like you don't respect me clearly like even though you have been respecting me like you don't get it um that's a hard thing to go through for women um especially because like our only real model for women in rock music was like the 80s the women on the car and you know yeah that's fine right, like right. go ahead and be hot and <laughs> We need that. We need we need like hot women in the music industry, but they also need to be respected too. So, oh yeah, finding some sort of model for that behavior is someone has to be the first person in a lot of instances. And so we had like Joan Jett was the real hard ass that I would pay attention to. My mom got me with um, Pat Benatar and stuff like that growing up. But then I also had Cindy Lauper, like girls just want to have fun. So dress weird, do whatever you want. And then got like Pat Benatar and Joan Jett going like, you can still stop them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I get the whole sexualization thing, um, and sometimes it's necessary, but I feel like it has to be done artistically, like going back to my history with um, art and illustration, and like I did actually go to art school and all that. I think of the human body slightly different than, I guess, pop culture 
generally intends for you to. And what I'm liking right now is people standing up more often, more frequently and more loudly going, (laughs) stop that. (laughs) Yeah. And within the music industry, uh, one of the things that really just has annoyed me since I was a kid was anybody like especially like when i started getting into like punk music and everything it was just like oh yeah this is a punk band and then this is a female or a woman fronted band and i'm like isn't that the it's the same fucking thing like why (laughs) is that another genre that like i didn't know about like what the fuck's going on and yeah within the last couple years i've really noticed people just being like why have we been saying this Mm -hmm. like i did grow up with riot girl that whole thing was going on and in Washington in particular. So there was that model, but there's also like the, I would get stuck with people around town calling me like the angry feminist sort, you know? And it's like, do you really have a problem with people who are angry and sticking up for themselves? Or are you just angry that they're telling you to stop it? Yeah. So the riot girl thing, I do have mixed feelings about because it does... There is a lot of toxic femininity. I will be very upfront about that. I'm very, I will be very brutally honest. I have met some women who just take it too far in the wrong direction that, you know, toxic masculinity tends to go. And it's all retaliatory. Right. Both directions, I think. As far as going to shows, Around Tacoma has been awesome. Um, I didn't have too many problems going to shows at the all ages club um, when I was a kid, like a teenager, um, there were some guys in my friend group who would go too far or decide they were just going to claim me like super weird sort of, I think it has to do with the community in general, like the uh, localized population um, culture mostly. But over here in Tacoma, it seems like all the artists have moved from other areas and the people that I've met and connected with the most they're just over all of that and everyone is a lot more on board let's just let's just check that behavior immediately check it at the door (laughs) oh yeah yeah i i love the scene out here especially Mm -hmm. like being one of those people that came from a different area like it's super accepting super inviting Mm -hmm. but also like very protective of itself Yes. Like, yeah. if somebody gets outed for being, like, toxic in any way or, like, abusive in any way, it's just like, okay, the mm-hmm. whole scene knows about it, mm-hmm. right. and we're going to do something about it. Yeah. And at the same time, we all feel sympathy empathy for one another, too, when people do act out. Like, I actually just had a friend tell me to take it down a notch because I was getting after someone in a certain way that became slightly too personal. And it was, I do have a tendency to just, I will go for the jugular and I will hold on if someone messes with a situation that is very important to me, um, particularly related to um, body image issues. That's a huge deal for me. I will trigger so hard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's one reason I'm not going to be working too closely. Like, I don't want to open a shop and just like be able to have people come in and out like a brick and mortar. I was thinking about it, but I need more distance from people because I am really hot headed. And I feel like that happens a lot in the music community. People get into rock music because we need an outlet, right? So being able to monitor one another sympathetically, like, I get what you're going through right now, but you need to take a step back. And yeah. 
people will let you back in. It's not like entirely exclusionary. Unless someone makes it very well known, they will not be working on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Even in an area where everything is so kind of open and I guess the music scene out here is a lot more like progressive, but still like there's so many... I don't just like cis white guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is a. (laughs) Yeah, so it it gets so annoying, and then like having people come in that are just like, no, like we're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna make sure everything is actually like make this scene like the best that it can be, and also like yeah, we get it, you're here, cool, but also you're not the only ones here. So (laughs) that's that's one of those things about Yakima, actually, that I could bring up as far as musicians. There were a lot of metal bands, not a lot, but like metal was more prevalent, I think, than the punk bands. And there were a lot of the guys that were playing metal out there that were dealing with home issues. You know, Uh, I mentioned Yakima has a very toxic culture well everyone's trying to escape from that on some level and growing up these guys would like i tend to get along with guys better than girls in certain situations because i am more aggressive because of my father so Mm. these guys with fellow like also with father issues we would tend to get along but then also butt heads because I'm definitely a girl and I'm going to be checking their behavior. And sometimes they just won't take that because of father related, like retaliatory stuff. But there are some of these guys, um, they're still playing music, but they're, they've moved to different areas. One also was in the air force. Like my husband, he was, he's down in Texas. I think he's still playing with a band down there. They're doing pretty good. He was a lot more conservative for a while until he moved to texas and realized no (laughs) Uh, he's still more conservative leaning but he's far more progressive and uh, we reconnected after i i mean i let him have it over some lgbt stuff once and then he tried to recontact me after a while and it's like okay i'm gonna have to have some proof that you've been working on this, you know, like we all have to work through some stuff. And he had, he's been doing good. His old bandmate though, he, he was going through it too. And I never actually met this guy. We used, we went to shows together, but some, I just never was introduced, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. started contact. We started talking more on Facebook because mutual friends and music and like, like the same bands and stuff. And, but he'll like tell me about stuff and I tend to help people through psychological stuff. Um, just like I've seen patterns and behaviors before and I'd be like, Oh, here's where this was going or coming from. And so people like talk to me about dark stuff and this guy just couldn't get through it. And, but we'd still be talking about music and he'd still be sending me songs and stuff. And, but then we just can't talk. It's like, just leave it with the music, you know? But then I, I do have to shut some people off every once in a while and distance. That's how and, it goes, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially after this. Last night, yes. 
super weird though last night i just started talking to this one guy I, i'd like seen him around colt mead before but never had a conversation so we're hanging out behind the meadery last night and in between in between sets and came up i'm from yakima and he's like oh do you know this guy and i was like actually yeah <laughs> and, and but you know i haven't been able to talk to him for a while because like i love the guy but we, we got a distance because there's still things that aren't processing like he, like he's trying to be more progressive towards things but there would be a setback and he would just like blow up and just can't handle it you know the new information i guess all right that makes sense but he's been doing better too and this other guy at the metal show last night he's trying to get him to come out here i guess the guy moved to spokane but like a five six hour drive or something but he's still playing metal and he totally should come out here sometime yeah. You know, here is just it's yeah. something else, you know. Yes. And we are very protective. It's like if you're gonna be out here with the music community, you're gonna have to play it nice <laughs> on some level. Yeah, like we like loud and aggressive, but also like check yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like don't make it uncomfortable for everyone else around you. Don't don't ruin the vibe. Yeah. There's a time and place for loud and aggressive and it's on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or in the mosh pit, just, you know, pick exactly. each other up, too. And, yeah. Nicole, you have some ideas to uh, kind of get people to find out about more, like, local bands and stuff, because you've mentioned, like, this kind of death metal vending machine. Is that yeah. still a thing that you're working on, or yeah, is that... That's- that's sitting in my garage. <laughs> All right. So it's like hard to figure out. I'm I'm not a capitalist. It's <laughs> rough. I'm trying, how do I not lose money? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I got this vending machine for free off um, Becca Brisbane. Um, Becca makes buttons. <laughs> yeah. But. They went and got this vending machine from a firehouse in this tiny little town. I probably can't even pronounce the name of south of Tacoma. Anyway, they're moving and had to get rid of this thing. And I I think it has 12 slots on it. The thing is, I don't know how to bring in band stuff. So one thing I would like to do is make like sticker packs or get patches or something easy you could just like oh here's a five dollar sticker pack and then inside will be band camp forwarding information like maybe a qr code would be easiest um but i also would like to be able to pay bands to do that i don't know there's Mm. a like logistic wise uh, I'm not a business-minded individual. I'm a. <laughs> I come up with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> the money thing. I'm. I don't know how to do, and I would prefer I didn't have to at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly how, what I do is I'll be like, yeah, I have this like ten of these great ideas, and <laughs> then like I don't know how to do these ideas. So then I'm like, <laughs> well, you've done something like this before. How about like. That's how this podcast got started, really. I was like, I ha- I'm always had this idea to do a podcast. And then I was like, I know nothing about podcasting. I know nothing about editing. And I was like, Shane, I have a proposal for you. I have this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I do a lot of stuff. I wrote people into things. And... <laughs> well, when I 
first met you, Nicole, like, of course, it was at the bomb shelter. I was just like, all right, awesome person, super supportive, like, just jumps into this show and just, like, <laughs> super fucking happy about it. And, like, even I remember, like, an hour or two before the show, like, I got notified that somebody, like, bought our album on Bandcamp. And I was like, huh. <laughs> Some somebody named Nicole. All right, and then like later that night, I met you, and I was just like, "Oh shit, okay." Yeah, I'm gonna be all over. Your, I'm gonna be all over your stuff with my camera. Hey, <laughs> yeah, and it was just like cool. I had to familiarize first. <laughs> so it was like super cool, and then now from that like initial meeting, you have just like, "Oh, okay, yeah," meeting like this awesome person that loves music. And then within the next, like, year of it just being, like, they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I think it was you and maybe Eugene. Um, <laughs> I, I was over at the gravel pit, and I think it was you. It was like, who the hell are you even? Like, where'd you come from? Like, I honestly don't even know. I actually did not exist as Death Metal Mama until um probably the end of 2019 early 2020 it was just i was trying to be like kind of hokey with it and honestly it started with me just trying to be more comfortable in front of a camera because i do have body dysmorphia like so hard <laughs> all right so i got like really uncomfortable trying to do selfies even or just like even talking to myself on camera i was like this is not good <laughs> i'm gonna have to work on that so i got angry at myself for being nervous at myself and so i would stare at myself as much as possible and then it's like well um the only way this is comfortable for me is if i am joking like laughing or doing something ridiculous or making faces the entire time so might as well go ahead and be my email address middle <laughs> 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 mama was my email address and people like cash registers or whatever you go into a store like oh let's sign you up for this uh savers card or whatever what's your email address death metal mama like what? <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's awesome <laughs> that's so cool and this uh film you're working on we got a little bit of time left here um but before we're done here do you want to talk about the film you're working on at all and yeah, so ultimately, all this video footage that I've been recording, um, I, I would like to just be able to provide bands with recordings of their sets and stuff. And that ended up, people were sending me thank you messages, like all through COVID lockdown, like, thank you for having this available for us, like, we can actually relive this through lockdown. I hadn't even thought that far ahead. But then at that point, I was like, uh, I was recording stuff all the way, like, right before shutdown when everything was everyone was so excited and i was talking to people in all over the state and everyone was like something big is going to happen we we're so excited like the scene is just growing exponentially all of a sudden and so i have all the recordings leading up for the, like all the energy and then all of a sudden we're in a pandemic and uh i had footage from the plaid pig the last shows and people were just starting to get nervous and there's like all this tension and going back and just looking through the video footage that I had caught, I was like, this is, I mean, this is historical record technically. Um, why don't I just make it all into a documentary at the end of whenever I feel like I have enough stuff. And I do feel like at this point, this whole story is bookending. Um, the documentary stuff 
did start with me writing um, my own journey, like starting to get to know people and familiarize like with humanity after all my medical stuff. Mm. And then video just became so much faster than writing. And then I was like, you know what, I'm already on this track of recording stuff for historical preservation because I'm a nerd who does genealogical research and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we're in a digital age and everyone wants a record of their presence here on this earth. So this is some wild stuff going on out here in this music community. And I like rockumentaries. I don't know. People like watching stuff about bands and stuff. And yeah. why don't we have our own? And I also <laughs> found out that Tacoma has its own um, movie festival, like film festivals and stuff. So might as well. Yeah. There you go. That's, That's awesome. That's really cool. I don't know about a lot, everyone else, but like for me, I love watching documentaries like that, like mm-hmm. ones about music. And so like to have something that local where like you can go and you watch the film and go, I know those people. I've seen those. Like it's mm-hmm. that'll be really interesting to like see like the people that you know, like in this compilation <laughs> of this is what our scene is like. This is what it's like here. Exactly. And because I'm a twisted marketing mind, <laughs> <laughs> officially, professionally, I'm also like, Hey, if I do this whole film locally and film it all entirely within the region, that actually decreases the amount of money I have to pay to enter. If it's <laughs> <laughs> and then it maximizes potential income. Like if I actually make some prizes and if yeah. I can have all the locals in it, maybe I can get everyone out to the film festival vote for me. <laughs> ah, see, thinking ahead. And then, so you're working on that and... Uh, you got like some other stuff. I know I've reached out to you for stickers and uh, to even little things for three D printing, um, which has been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> stickers are fun. It's I use a Cricut. It's a little tabletop um, vinyl cutter, but. I got a decent printer that I can do some pretty high quality stuff on for for an at home printer, you know, and. It, spent a lot of time doing research on the vinyl papers for the printing stuff. And yeah, I like all that materials research, I guess. Um, my husband's more of the tech minded. So he will do the uh, most of the tech stuff and building on the 3D printer. And then I'm more of the design mind and people will come to me like, hey, I've got this project and uh, what, what could we pull off? And I'm like, oh, here's what I could do for you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and since we are uh like running out of time yeah running out of time here bailey do you have any questions or comments or anything um i just wanted to say that like looking back on the videos that i have seen like and i yeah i'm gonna toot my own horn here <laughs> looking at my the video you took of me and the one you took of al and myself performing and like something about that is just cool because i don't have a lot of video i have like okay, here's like five seconds of Bailey Aglili or here's like this one minute clip somebody got of me and Shane performing, you know, All Star. But like, that's like a real like 13 minute video of like me. So I always show people that I'm like, look what my friend did. Like, look, this is like me performing. Like, because everyone yeah. always... You deserve that rock star treatment. You're going to get up there and perform for me. I'm going to thank you for it, you know? And I'm just like, this is what I look like on stage in case you were curious. <laughs> like, yeah no so i i really enjoy that and i thank you for filming all those videos because that is really cool that 
we can go back and look at those and be like, hey, this, and like, it also helps me too. Cause then I'm like, crap, I messed up on that part. Okay. I'm going to go back and re repractice that one. <laughs> yeah, that's legit too. I, I've gotten some good uh, feedback and criticism from people who have performed a lot too. Like I learned about how to avoid recording empty floor space <laughs> during live streamed uh, performances. Like if the show isn't quite popping, <laughs> zoom in a bit more. But yeah, yeah people some pointers and I do try to pick up stuff about new equipment and I feel like uh, you deserve it. Like it's fun for me, but mm. what's also fun for me is you know, I like to do things for people like gifts, I guess. I I'm kind of a nerd about that. Like, what can I give you? <laughs> <laughs> well, and with that, yeah, thank you so much for uh, coming and spending some time with us. And thank you so much for the uh, support from uh, both Shannon and I, the support from uh, Sanatorium Hill and just the music scene in general. You have been wonderful to uh, have around. <laughs> Here is a track from Rat King, a band that played recently at Cult Mead, entitled Boratanico. Next week, we have Nessa Marie from up in Alaska on to talk about the festivals and scenes in their area. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Local Listens, and have a great and music-filled week.